The following is a Mission Studios podcast. Coming to you pre-recorded and edited from Mission Studios, this is the Missionary Position Podcast. We believe that offense is taken, not given. That humor can be found in anything and everything. That owning your shit is more important than worrying about someone else's. It's Sunday. It's February 17th. And I spent the last week arguing with idiots on Facebook. I'm Jason. And I'm AC. And on this week's episode, we ask one of life's great questions. Beatles or Stone? We piss off single parents, monogamists, and the religious. But not really, because the fence is taken. Not given. So up. Turn off the lights. Lay down. And get ready for a ride down that old Hershey Highway. This is episode 22. So we've covered a lot of different topics on this show. Right. Sometimes like when you and I are talking about like, what do we talk about next? It's hard to remember. Have we recorded something on this before? Or have we not? Or have we approached it from this angle or not? Or have we just touched on it? Yeah. And, and sometimes it's a case of, okay, well, I don't think we did a topic on that, but you know, we might've touched on it. We might've chased down a rabbit trail for a couple of minutes. So like, and, and then we'll have to rack our brains and have this big discussion, like, figure out, like, how much we said and is it worth revisiting. Then we listen to eight more episodes. And <laughs> but, I mean, what I find interesting when we start having these conversations is, like, sort of looking back and thinking, like, we've, we've argued, I think, some of the, the, the biggest things that come up in life, right? Like, is there a God versus is there not? Um, pro-abortion or not pro-abortion? Um, Wolverine versus Batman. <laughs> Masculinity, is it toxic or not? Yeah. Yep. Is it transphobic to, like, you know, notice that somebody is trans? <laughs> like, just, like, all all these things. Like, we make all these observations that these are hot-button things. But the one thing we've never talked about on the show, and it's probably, like, the biggest question of all, Beatles or Stones? Because one of those bands is objectively the best. Right. And one and, of them and, is factually the best. And, and, and this is one of those subjects where, like, anybody who cares about either band at some point has had this conversation and it is probably one of the most divisive conversations that two people can have. Yeah. And... Being that we've sort of got a habit of not shying away from the difficult topics. Well, and it's it's being your favorite band against my favorite band. It doesn't necessarily have to be the Stones against the Beatles, but yeah. No, but Beatles versus Stones, it seems to be like... A classic. Yeah. Absolutely. That That's one that's been going on for literally decades. Yep. So, I don't know if... I don't know if you wanted to get into that a little bit. Sure, I'll play with that. Okay, well, like, otherwise I, I just built up for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what your wife said. Ew. Uh, <laughs> I built up for did that? Did, oh did my I God. just ew to my wife? No. That was the best two and a half minutes of my life. <laughs> Glad she did. Two and a half minutes? <laughs> kidding me? Well, I'm, I'm talking about the time you take to clean off, too. <laughs> yeah, that still leaves two minutes and 15 seconds to make a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, other than the Beatles objectively being the best fucking out there, what makes you think the Stones are? <laughs> See how I put that? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm reminded of uh, what's the way that the Stones have always been introduced coming on stage. Oh, yeah, the greatest rock and roll band in the world. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's because they pay people to do that, right? Yeah, you're actually going to sit here with a straight face and you're going to try to defend the Backstreet Boys of the 60s, the original boy band, the most pathetically overrated band of all time, the Beatles, and you're going to compare them to the greatness of the Rolling Stones? (laughs) Are you kidding me? How do you justify that position? The thing is, I don't have to justify it because I'm not the one that's deluded. (laughs) You just went off on your rent because... Yeah. <laughs> so while the Beatles were like singing about how they wanted to 
hold your hand. The Stones were singing, let's spend the night together. They didn't want to hold your hand. They wanted to fuck your mom. Like, they were just way cooler guys with way cooler music. Like, you can sit there and smugly say you got nothing to justify, but I think ultimately that's just the thing you hide behind because you know you've got nothing. If you say so. <laughs> I say so. <laughs> okay. And I'm calling you out, motherfucker. And you're entitled to your wrong opinion, but... I back mine up. What do you got? Well, the controversy in the Beatles that was nothing but popular, the songs that grossly outrated Rolling Stones over the years. Okay, so during the years when the Beatles were actively recording, whatever fucking two years that was, before the band imploded, all their greatness, the monkeys even, outsold them. Album for album. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, the monkeys I would put against the stones any fucking day. <laughs> okay, what, what's what, what's your what's your you you mentioned controversy surrounding the Beatles? What's the most controversial thing surrounding the the, the Beatles that comes to mind? I won't say the most controversial thing, but the thing I'm most familiar with was the death of Paul. Okay, not because I believe Paul died, but what a fucking marketing tool. What a way to get your shit out there. Everybody was talking for a four and a half year span because of this about the Beatles, which made their popularity go through the roof. Though I don't think their music is as hard hitting as the Stones is. It's a lot deeper. It's a lot more introspective. So the popularity that they developed to get this out there can't be touched. No, I'll, I'll agree with you. The Beatles surrounded themselves with some brilliant marketing people and producers. I, I think likewise, the Stones, I mean, for the time, I mean, looking back on some of the stories for either band, realistically, I mean, by, by, by 2019 standards, it, laughable on both sides. Right. So like, Unless the kids really know what they're talking about. Then no, no, like, it. honestly, by 2019 standards, the, the Beatles did nothing that would pass for controversy now. Okay. Likewise, the Stones didn't. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to, like, look back and, you know, like, when you're telling this story, it's like, okay, like, the death, alleged death of Paul. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was kind of smart. I could see how it was controversial back in the 60s. You know, like, the Stones getting arrested for pissing on the side of a, of a garage was absolutely fucking scandalous at the time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, looking back, like, the cases so of guys couldn't get into the bathroom because their hair was too long, for Christ's sake. If that doesn't put enough stupid context on the story. <laughs> like, for, for us to argue, I guess, the details of the controversy, my, my point is that I don't know really how to, for either of us to justify it in a way that makes sense in this day and age. But I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. There was a lot of con- controversy around both bands. Mm-hmm. And um, I think both of them... They, they really did push the envelope. Right. Um, while I know that the Stones did it better, I can acknowledge that the Beatles also did it okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so... And, um, and okay, taking, taking from that, and, and being 100% serious, I'm not joking about this, I'm being 100% serious. First of all, their music were in two totally different classifications. Yeah. 100%. No, they, they weren't doing the same thing. Right. And I totally agree. Like, I have to put it out there. I totally agree that the Rolling Stones are the best rock and roll because the Beatles wasn't rock and roll. I don't care what they say. Well, their, their early stuff was probably rock and roll, but that's not, I think, the stuff I'd, that made I them would say famous. It would be, I would say it would be top 40. Yeah, it was pop. Yeah, it would be 1960s pop. It wasn't even fucking, um, um, oh, for fuck's sake, I can't remember the fucking name, but... But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think the Beatles music that catapulted them to legendary status for those people who were wrong was the stuff that came after the pop, right? Like right. When, when they started getting experimental with the psychedelic shit, when they started, you know, experimenting with different sounds, influences, blah, blah, blah. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's when, while it, those songs are not to my taste, right. I think that's when they got actually interesting. Right. And, and... To those that don't have any taste and, and do, 
habitually follow the Rolling Stones. You know, there was a lot of... (laughs) 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 There was a lot of really catchy phrasing in their music. There was a lot of, well, we don't... We're playing this because we want to hit the younger generation and scare the shit out of the adult generation, which in itself caused a boatload of fucking controversy. Well, that whole newspaper article, would you let your daughter marry a Rolling Stone? Like, that was fucking brilliant. Absolutely. And, you know, they, they, they pushed the envelope, whereas the I think the Beatles pushed the envelope more with their writing. Mm-hmm. And um, they did innovate a fair, I don't know if they as a band innovated or if it was their producer innovated, but a lot of like modern recording techniques, if not all modern recording techniques are born out of the Beatles years in the studio. Right. Um, Where the Stones innovated was in bringing different musical instruments into the mix. That's something the Beatles never had on the Stones was just pure musical ability. Right. Like Brian Jones, the original guitarist of the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. he could pick up any instrument and have it mastered in a matter of minutes. And that right. showed up a lot in their late 60s stuff, which I didn't hear the, the same time span for the Beatles. No, because they had a rhythm guitar, a lead guitar, drums, and a piano. <laughs> yeah, so... At least the monkeys had a fucking tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy with a toque. Yeah, fair enough. Sorry, a knit cap for yeah. those people who aren't Canadian. Okay, so what, what, what's obviously anybody's listening to this knows that you know we're obviously finding our way into the middle here because we're recognizing things about each other's bands that are good. And you know what? That that's what puts anybody who listens to our show and takes any p's and q's from our show will understand that it's really hard now because of what we learned about communication, not about each other, about communication for us to disagree. Not because, oh, we need to be the same and blah, blah, blah. I just accept the fact that your opinion is different than mine and find the good things. And you do the same back. Fuck, I just hit the mic. <laughs> Whatever, we'll leave it in. Yeah. No, and it's ultimately it. I mean, like, I, I, I chose the Beatles versus Stones example just because it's being as hardcore of a Stones fan as I am. I've gotten into some really bloody arguments with Beatles fans over the years. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's kind of stupid because, I mean, like, I can be passionate about what I like. You can be passionate about what you like. And instead of focusing on who's right, we could focus on the fact that, hey, what we've got in common is two people with differing tastes is that we share a passion for a band that is amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk, we can swap stories back and forth. Like, if I'm going to sit down with another Stones fan, we could sit there and regurgitate stories that we both know. Whereas it's fun for the first couple minutes, it gets boring after a while. Right. But if I, as a Stones fan, I'm going to swap Beatles stories with you, like, I'm learning shit about, like, a band that influenced my band, Mm -hmm. right? The Stones and the Beatles, they all hung out together. They didn't get into this bullshit. Nope. They influenced each other's music. I don't know, and I really don't think they would have want their fans to either. No, probably not. No. You know, and um, think like everything else in life, whether it be like Beatles versus Stones, whether it be a Christian and an atheist talking, whether it be a pro-lifer talking to a pro-choicer. And we've done the Christian atheist thing as well back when you were a Christian too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, there's we, any two of us, we have way more in common than we have different. Mm-hmm. And back in I don't know what episode number it was, get the fuck over yourself. Right. We we sort of touched on that. Like if you put your ego to the side mm-hmm. and focus on what you got in common with the person who's looking you in the eyes, I mean, I think conversation's going to be a lot more interesting. Life's going to be a lot more interesting. And you're going to make a new friend. Yeah, one you didn't think you would have. Yep. I mean, that's how we got stuck together, for fuck's sake. Well, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, whatever comes your way, guys, like, you know, like, just talk about it. And it's hard as hell, but do everything you can to put your ego outside and actually try to enjoy somebody's different opinion to enhance your own, if nothing else. Because that's all it does. When When you and I sit down and chat, or I sit down with somebody else who has a similar IQ... (laughs) <laughs> and they're willing to have an, or I guess that was kind of dumb, but 
<laughs> See, get it? IQ dumb, yeah. <laughs> but somebody who has a different opinion but is still open-minded enough to listen, I've had the best fucking conversations. And I can have conversations with anybody from fucking 15 to 55 to 106. Mm-hmm. Because they're coming in with an open mind. They're not closed. They're not thinking, oh, mine's always right. They're thinking, I like what I like, you like what you like. Well, let's discuss them. Well, and even if your mind isn't changed, even if you're talking to somebody who is definitely wrong, if you engage in the conversation in an open-minded way, if the only thing you take away from it is that you're in a better position to express and or defend your position, that's a win. So one of the conversations that you and I have had quite a bit over the years, and certainly over the last year of uh, of, of doing this show, there's um, there's a lot of ideas we've kicked around that have never made it into podcast segments. Mm-hmm. Though we certainly have chased down some of these topics, you know, getting a little off topic of what we were actually talking about. <laughs> yeah, we do that a lot. <laughs> so it, it's not like we're trying to get into the habit of regurgitating themes we've already covered in the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some things deserve a little bit more time in the in the spotlight than they've been given. And one of the things that has come up a couple times for me over the last couple of weeks is, you know, when is a good time, if at all, to discuss, you know, expectations of relationships that we're in, mm-hmm. uh, discuss boundaries, I guess, basically the rules of engagement, for lack of a better term. I like how you say rules. Rules. You know, you and I both being non-monogamous people, Mm -hmm. I think we sort of take it for granted that, you know, all this stuff gets laid out fairly early on in the relationship, maybe even like before the relationship is a relationship. Right. You know, at least... You gotta lay your cards on the table. Yeah. You know, and we want to make sure that anybody who, you know, gets into bed with us understands what they're getting into bed with. (laughs) Or who they're getting into bed with. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but what was interesting is, like, I I, I talked to a few different people today just to sort of try to get my finger on the pulse of what is quote-unquote normal, you know, for normal people. Because um, Because obviously we are so far from fucking normal, which is true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, like... From a lot of people's perspective, probably kind of fucked up, yep. even though that fucked up for them is completely normal for us. Right. But what what I think is, is weird is like, whereas a lot of these people look at us and think we're fucked up, I think we're looking back at them and thinking the same exact thing because they're falling into problems that they could so easily avoid with a bit of communication. No, it's all, it's all perspective, right? Yeah. And so talk to a few people today, just trying to get a handle on, okay, like, are you proactive with the, the conversations you have, you know, as far as like, okay, let's lay things out before they become an issue or are you reactive? Mm-hmm. And most of the people I talked to were very, very much reactive and they thought nothing really to be wrong with that. Yeah. See, I, and I guess because we're legends in our own minds, so to speak, we always assume that because we do it, that's the way everybody else does it. Yeah. So that would seem very abnormal. Fair enough. You know, when I get into a, a situation with somebody, whether it's a relationship or or, or not a relationship, <laughs> I put it right out there. This is where I am. This is what I'm looking for. And here it is. And then I tell them, this is it. And how they choose to react to that or, or choose to do with that is up to them. They have to know going in, this is where I'm from. Sure. And it's sort of weird, right? Because, I mean, with like certain things, people can see the value in communicating up front. But with other things, they very, very much don't see the point, right? Like to use like a really extreme example, Mm -hmm. if somebody is HIV positive and you're going to like hook up for a one night stand with them, I think there would be a reasonable expectation that they would tell you that they've got the HIV going in. Especially and, today, because it's now classified as murder if you don't. And I, I think that the person who does have the HIV would feel obligated morally or whatever else to just, you know, make sure that, okay, this is what I bring to the table. There are 
like safe ish ways for us to engage. But if you're not comfortable with it, I'd rather that you back out now than to back out later when things get kind of hot and heavy or even worse yet that you're unaware and you fucking hate me later, even if you're not infected because I've been super duper careful. Right. Right. But everybody's got to understand what's what going in. And I don't think anybody could reasonably argue that that's a perfectly acceptable situation in which to approach it that way. So why is it that when we're coming in and it's like there's there's certain things that like I know I just can't handle. Mm -hmm. I've got anxiety. I've got panic disorder you know, a little bit of PTSD. I'm a severely OCD person. I mean, there's just like a lot of isms about me that I know like not everybody can fucking handle. Mm -hmm. And these things don't necessarily present like on a first date kind of thing. But if like we're dragging in towards like, okay, there's a meaningful connection here with this person. I feel like I want to enter into a relationship. I feel not only comfortable, but I feel like compelled to just lay it out on the table and say look this is what i'm all about there are going to be times where i'm not easy to be around and if this isn't something that you can handle i'd rather you tell me now before i fall for you Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily and and i guess a little bit of a pun here but not meaning it that way but it's not necessarily even just entering a relationship just entering (laughs) yeah that's fair yeah because not everybody wants a relationship some people just want to wham bam thank you ma'am yeah but i mean it's it's not all like you know mental issues it's not all like uh, STIs. Right. What if it's just a, a case of like a simple expectation, right? Like I was talking to a young guy earlier today. We'll just use his first name, Tom. Mm-hmm. And he was kind enough to share from his own experience and his own perspective. And the situation I'd hit him with was like, how would you feel about your, uh, your girlfriend going and having coffee with a male friend with no other people there? Mm-hmm. And he said that he would get probably quite upset because he would see that as a like violation of the terms of the relationship. And when I pressed him a little bit farther and said, well, like, have you communicated that expectation to your girlfriend so that she would know to avoid a situation like that? He said, no. Well, that's just setting up for failure. Well, I, I think his position was it was just an assumed unspoken rule. And it, it sort of got me to think of like how many assumptions are we making and should we be assuming or should we be talking yep <laughs> well i don't i don't like the old term you know assumption makes more of an ass out of you than me but the truth is it does if you're not if you're not communicating and you assume something there's going to end up being a blowout so yeah I, I thought maybe if we if we go through like some of the parts of a non-monogamous relationship and a bit of the communication or the emotion that surrounds these things, mm-hmm. maybe allowing other people a glimpse into like where we are coming from or other people in similar situations to us are coming from. Right. They might see how like the way that we're forced to communicate because of these things. Well, just to be clear, I don't want people to assume that we're talking about people who are only non-monogamous. We want people who are monogamous to also have this kind of communication. Which is exactly what I was about to, to say before you fucking shit right all over my sentence. There you go. Now you got a mustache. (laughs) I guess it's fair. I do it to you all the time. But yeah, that's exactly it. We want to share from the non-monogamous perspective so that people that in monogamous situations can see, like, maybe we should steal their communication methods. Because if it can work in a complicated situation, certainly it should work in a simple one. Mm -hmm. So, like, part of my whole take on it, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, I don't think that, like, monogamy versus non-monogamy is like an entirely binary thing i think there's a little bit of a spectrum yeah uh, you know I, like, the, like the, i think the, there's like, more than just a little bit of a spectrum well you know like the the hundred mile rule like it's not cheating if you're more than 100 miles from your partner i i think that's all part of the spectrum we use it sort of jokingly mm-hmm. or or that you know you're allowed one cheat as long as it's a famous person who's your person yeah great example you actually know? yeah yeah, like, well, let's start with, like, the, the, the geographic distance. Okay. Okay, so, like, there's X number of miles between you and your partner, like, as far as, like, actual, like, measurable distance. Okay. For some people, that might be, like, a, a enough of an excuse. Well, she's never going to find out or he's never going to find out. So, you know, no, whatever she doesn't know can't come back to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So if you're going to do something only because you know you can get away with it, the chances are you wanted to do it anyways, and maybe this is something that you, you, you could have negotiated up front. Mm-hmm. And you can always try to, and it doesn't necessarily have to be up front. You know, situations change, lifestyles change, person personal feelings change. So these kind of negotiations can be brought up at any time. If it's going to ruin a relationship, it's going to ruin a relationship. Either the relationship's not going to start because you bring it up, or halfway through the relationship you bring it up and it causes a problem and two months down the road you break up anyways. I guess you're, you're probably less likely to fuck it up through a conversation than you are through, like, trying to get away with something. Right. That's where I was going before you shit all over my sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. There you go. <laughs> I think there's more to, like, the actual geographic distance thing than just, like, you know, what you think you can get away with. You know, like, what, what brings this shit up? I mean, you're, like, far away from your honey. You're far away from your support system. You're far away from the familiar. You know, like it's it's almost like sometimes you take a vacation from your normal self. Maybe your your needs, your wants, your desires are different because of that distance. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not necessarily like a shitty person for bringing it up. If you identify why you're feeling what you're feeling or wanting what you're wanting, it equips you better to approach your partner when you do have the conversation. So it's not like... You know, for for the sake of contrast, you could just say, look, I'm horny and I met this girl and she's like raring to go. And is it okay if I fuck her? Looks a lot different than I'm feeling unsettled and I very, very much need some physical affection right now. And this isn't something that I want instead of you because I value what we have. But I feel like I need a little something extra as well as you. Mm-hmm. Which is a hell of a lot better way to put it, because then the person doesn't feel so isolated. Yeah. And and the truth is, thinking you're going to get a, doing something and, because you think you can get away with it, STDs don't tell you they're there. Yeah, fair enough. You know, you eventually got to go home, and and if you happen to get infected, she's going to find out anyway, so why not just fucking tell her in the first place? Yeah, what a fucking shitty way to find out that yeah, would really. be. Oh, you got the herp? <laughs> no, Damn, I, I, I think if you... Green? If you feel like you need to hide it, you feel like you need to lie about it, chances are you feel like you're doing something wrong. And you shouldn't be there. Yeah. But, you know, though you shouldn't be there, had you talked about it in the first place, had the communication that you and I are talking about right now, this wouldn't be an issue. You wouldn't have to worry about, oh, I feel like shit, oh, I'm going to bring an STD, blah, blah, blah. Well, you you just hit on something right there. You wouldn't have to feel like shit. I mean, there's, there, there's a whole bunch of guilt that you're not going to have to carry around because you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been surprised more often than not in a positive ways through having these types of conversations. Yeah. You know, like you can't assume that the other person is just out to cock block you 100% of the time because sometimes it takes the pressure off of them because right. they feel like they're having to like carry a lot of weight and they just don't have that much to give. Yep. You know, I think another element to relationships that non-monogamous people, we, we tend to be a little bit more aware of is... The difference between like romantic intimacy and sexual intimacy. Right. Yeah, they are not the same. And sometimes your primary partner leaves you completely fulfilled in one, but maybe wanting sorely in the other. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you want to break up with somebody because they're lacking in one way because they just bring so much to the table in another. But I I think sometimes it can be actually beneficial to the relationship to bring in another person just to sort of like supplement what you already have. Right. And I I think like the conversation that would surround that um, supplement (laughs) wouldn't really have to look very different for people that are monogamous because whereas our solution would be to find another person. A monogamous couple solution might be to work on something that they can do between the two of them. But either way, if you're not talking about it, that solution can't be found. You're just mm-hmm. going to be left there holding the hurt. That's right. We're several steps in here. And maybe I'm going to throw something at you maybe where we should have started. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no rule that says we have to be organized because we don't really know what the fuck we're doing. Why is it you're always fucking throwing shit at me? It's just fun. So let me throw out a question for you. I I think you'd actually be better equipped to answer this articulately. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Than than I would. Do you think monogamy is possible in a polygamous relationship? It's possible. It's not very probable, but I think it's possible. (laughs) (laughs) That's not for fucking articulating. Do you think you could be like 
physically monogamous, like, or sorry, sexually monogamous, but emotionally polygamous. Oh, absolutely. Or, you know, emotionally monogamous and sexually polygamous. Well, right now, I am physically monogamous. Okay. But not emotionally, because I am very um, emotionally active with you. Okay. And, you know, a couple other friends that I have out there. Roly, I have a different level of intellect with him that I have a conversation with him that I could never have with Lynn. Not because there's any type of a bad person there, but he's older, so he has experience that I crave. Okay. So when him and I have a conversation about, you know, what's happened, hearing somebody's experience who happens to be 70 compared to somebody's experience who's 40, for me, holds a lot more weight, and we can go deeper into different, like, what was it like back then, and yada, yada, yada. Does that make sense? No, it makes good sense. The reason I'm sort of giving you this weird look is because you sort of brought up a point I hadn't really considered before. Because, hmm. you know, like going back to Tom's ex- uh, uh, example that I threw at him as far as like how would he feel about his girlfriend having coffee with another, with like a, a, a guy friend. Mm-hmm. You know, he would see that as a violation of the relationship. And like really what it comes down to is like based on what you're describing how is your girl having coffee with another guy any different than your girl having coffee with another girl? Because right. ultimately, they're having a conversation that you and her are not having. Mm-hmm. It's a conversation with a friend. Um, and nine times out of ten, anything that's going to happen is in your head. That's why you don't want it, not because it's actually going to Yeah, but there's, there's really no difference other than, like, your own paranoia, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yep. if you want to talk about, like, violating the relationship, like giving something to another guy that belongs to me, kind of stupid thing. Well, you feel better if I'm doing this with a same-sex friend? Mm-hmm. Like, ultimately... So the what, only what, guy what she can have a conversation with is you? And, and it's it's kind of silly, right? Because people find it draining when we put that shit on them. Like, they're... like, Especially like you're in a romantic relationship and you want to dump 100% of your shit on your significant other. Mm-hmm. That gets tiring for them. Yep. And so, like, well, you know, you really need a friend or you need to go hang out with the boys. You need to whatever. So, go out for a girl's night. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, more often than not, it's like if you go and hang out with a friend of the opposite sex, even if there's no real romantic undertones, just to talk about deeply personal things, that presents as a problem for some reason. And I think mostly because, like you say, the problems exist in your own head, but mm-hmm. they only have room to exist there because you haven't had a fucking conversation about it. Right. Where you could say, okay, I'm like, I, I could say to Allison, well, I'm going to go out with, uh, say, Marie. Okay, well, what do you, what do you, why are you going out with her? And I get to hear from the tone of her voice, maybe that, okay, well, she's getting jealous. So, okay, well, I don't feel comfortable going and talking to a male friend because I worry about the judgment that might come out there. Because, like, if I need somebody to, like, have fun with and high-five, the guys are great. But if I need to talk about personal shit, I'm afraid they're going to make fun of me. I don't have that problem with Marie. Mm-hmm. Marie's a good listener. And it's nothing sexual going on. It's just I need a woman's perspective or, you know, a woman's reaction, perhaps. And you're too close to the situation. Mm-hmm. If I explain it that way, she'd be like, oh, fuck, you know, like, I'm sorry for, like, having it so wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Well, in the same respect... If his girlfriend is not allowed to talk to other guys, if she's having a problem with him and she can't talk to him about it because every time he brings she brings it up, he gets all fucking spicy. Mm-hmm. How is she supposed to hear from another guy? Because another if she goes and talks with her girlfriends, she's not going to be able to get a male perspective. There's no, well, you know, because I'm a guy, I've been there before. She, her girlfriends haven't been there before. Yeah, a guy might be able to say, look, like, you know, he's not quiet because he's pissed off at you. He's just probably tired of working through some shit. And he'll come to you once he's got it sorted out. Mm-hmm. Or give him a day or two. You know, I know him. Give him a day or two. And yeah, he'll work through this or work through that or whatever the scenario is. And yeah. Or you can go really deep and, and have a long extended conversation about what's going on and, and then come back fulfilled and have a new way to broach it with you so it doesn't hurt your feelings. You know, and... and, and- the deeper we get into this, the more I sort of, like, wonder, too, like, is this need for, like, clear and not just honest, but forthright communication a vital element of, like, all of our relationships, not just the romantic ones? Like, because, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't usually occur to us to get ourselves into a fucking hissy fit 
when one of our buddies goes and hangs out with somebody else. Even if it's like a case of your best friend goes and has coffee with somebody else. I mean, it's like, you're not going to be like, you cheated on me. <laughs> well, well, to, to, put a, to put a pigeonhole on this, there is no such thing as a monogamous relationship. Period. No, we're all sharing each other with each other, right? Absolutely. So, so that that fantasy of monogamy is gone already. It's 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 dispelled. It's a fucking myth that doesn't exist. I guess we got to kill off this whole conversation with that one sentence fucking twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still it's still about communication inside your yeah. relationships, and it doesn't matter who your relationships with. It's just you got to carry yourself in a manner. If you're worried about getting caught about something. Change your ways and be honest. Yeah, and I guess it's not enough to have an expectation. You've got to communicate the expectation and have a discussion, find out if the expectation is even fucking reasonable. Yeah. If it's an unrealistic expectation, then how can you have it? Yeah, because, like, I don't know. Like, my experience has been, like, if you've got an expectation and you don't communicate it... You're setting somebody up to fail. Sorry. 100% of the time, Mm -hmm. you're going to be disappointed. Yep. Anyways, I don't have anything else to say on the matter. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add? Not at this point, but I'm pretty sure we'll jump up again later on. Yeah, this sort of keeps coming back like a bad rash, doesn't it? (laughs) Speaking of (laughs) non-monogamy. Is there such a thing as a good rash? (laughs) Let's find out together. Oh, rub burn from your from your mustache when you're yeah. I've been doing some introspective thinking. Okay. And I'm going to do the pretend game for a second here, if you don't mind. I'm going to take you on a little journey. <laughs> okay, so you're going to be like the cop. I'm going to be a little Bo Peep. And I'm going to rob your sheep. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you bad boy. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> so imagine for a second and pretend with me that there is a god. Okay. Now, think about every single place in the world that has a different religion. Okay. And think about how fortunate you are to be born into that perfect religion. No matter where you're born. No matter how many are different. Okay, so if I was born in, like, a... India. Pre- predominantly, like, Muslim country... Yep. I would be very fortunate because Allah is the one true God. And anybody who believes in Jesus or Muhammad is dead to God. All right, so, like, in, in, well, I get what you're saying. So, like, if you're born in America, then presumably, you know, Jesus or whatever. Right. Christian God, that's the right one, and that's the one you happen to know. And everybody else is wrong. Like, how ideal is our situation? Yeah, I guess it's just an amazing coincidence that those of us who are right happen to be born in a place where everybody else is also right. (laughs) Right. So where does right really come in? So according to Indian religion, everybody and nobody, nobody outside of India that does not believe in their religion gets any virgins, <laughs> they all go to their version of hell. Or anybody not born in North America to a Judeo-Christian freaking neighborhood. <laughs> well, everybody else in the world is going to hell because they don't believe in their God. Yeah, it, it sort of reminds me of a quote that I read a, a little while ago. I was wanting to think it was Christopher Hitchens, so it, it may have been somebody else. Uh-oh, but, you have to paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to have to paraphrase, and, and I'm probably going to like just butcher what would have otherwise been a great quote. But the gist of it was, we're not created in God's image, it's the other way around, right? Like, God's created in our image, and that's why when you look at, you know, the religious religious texts of whichever the predominant religion is where you live, you'll find that the God or gods that you worship share all of the same hang-ups, bigotries, shitty attitudes, and distaste for things that you do. Tying back into what you're saying, I mean, how fortunate that you would be born into a place where the god in charge happens to think that your particular brand of being a complete dick is the right way to be a dick. Right. You know, again, going off the belief that there's a god. If there was a god, a one true god, and, you know, you've got your willpower to believe whatever you want to believe, you can't tell me that some of these people, sons of bitches, just ain't going to be smited anyways. (laughs) Even if you believe in the right god, he still thinks you're a piece of shit? Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. No, you know what? Like, you're a little bit too fucked up. Don't blow people up in the airplane. <laughs> okay, look at him. Holy fuck. <laughs> Which piece of him? Alelabub is over all over that wall over there. Alelabub. <laughs> but then you get, you know, into the Christian, and there's so many Christians that are so full of themselves. You know, gluttony being one of the most predominant fucking situations in North America. That's one of the biggest sins in the Bible. Well, or not sins, but but one of the, the seven... Yeah, the seven deadly no, sins. Like a, right. uh, yeah, Catholicism, I think, is one of the seven deadly sins. Right. And, you know, all of a sudden, fucking Jimmy walking down the street, all fucking 460 pounds of him. And I say this because I used to be big. You know, boom, look, now he's all over the wall because his God thought he was a fucking idiot. <laughs> now, if you're not following my rules, the reality is, if there was a God and you weren't following their, their rules, you'd know about it during your life. I would almost guarantee it. So, the fact that you wake up in your part of the world with your part of the God thought, situation, whatever it happens to fucking be. Thank your pretty stars that people are tolerant enough to let you have that fucking belief. Yeah, I think God, if there if there is a God, whoever she is, she's probably got a great sense of humor <laughs> watching all the different religions of the world get it so horribly fucking wrong. Well, it explains the salty flavor in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Any closing thoughts? I think that ultimately, I think what you bring up, if anything, it, it doesn't suggest any sound, reasonable argument for there being an actual god or gods in existence. Because, I mean, like so many different cultures, so many different societies, each with their own different idea of what this god or these gods look like. And everybody coming to such wildly different conclusions about the nature of god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there were one true god... I, I think that all these re- religions would look a lot more similar, but because you've got all these differences, I think if anything, it just indicates again, like more so than any other thought I have on religion, that God is absolutely created man's image mm-hmm. and that's just unavoidable. So you're not special. You're doing what everybody else has done. You've given yourself license to be the way you've chosen to be. Like and, hateful. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've hidden this decision behind a religious belief. Right. My closing thought, like I said in the beginning, pretend, and I'm not saying I believe one more than the other that any God exists. I'm saying all y'all are full of shit. (laughs) And using a God and a book to promote hate for other human beings is the core of your fucking problem. So get your nose out of the book and get it back into reality and start treating people how they deserve to be fucking treated. Word. One of the fun things about Facebook as a social media platform is that feature they have where it'll show you your memories from this day in in time or whatever the fuck the case may be. Because your head doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's really amusing because it'll bring up posts from when I was at a place in life where I really was like an ultra conservative, sexist, racist douchebag. And... I'm forced to like stare like the shittier older version of myself in the eye. And in a way I'm embarrassed, but another way I'm really proud of myself for like how far I've come. Sometimes it's like fun memories because it's like pictures of my kids when they were smaller, or it's reminding me of a a friend who I have since lost contact with. I mean, there's just like a lot of different ways in which this feature is really cool. So a lot of good memories. (laughs) good bad in between yeah and sometimes one of my old posts will come up and it sort of gets me thinking about the subject almost like i'm I'm thinking about it for the first time because i'm I'm reading my words but it's like i'm not really remembering having uh typed out the words (laughs) it's like i'm almost reading somebody else's shit even though it's my own right but i mean that's how an older brain works i guess we don't well, because we've changed so much in the last few years, when you read it, it's, how the fuck did I think like that? Yeah, and but yeah. At, at the same time, there's things where it's like, I read them now, and it's like, you know what? You know, I, even now, like, for all the changing I've gone through, sometimes I agree with past me. Mm-hmm. Well, some things still hold true, when, no matter how long time has passed. So, the, the, the first 
post that came up for me today was, quote, The single parent card has been overplayed to the point where I no longer give a shit. Kids are expensive, whether you're single or not. Life is expensive, whether you have kids or not. It's your budget. It's your business. The world doesn't owe you anything just because you shit out a kid. Mm-hmm. End quote. That's right. So, <laughs> I have my thoughts on this. You having... Well, actually, I can't say having been, you still being a single parent. (laughs) What say you? Well, okay, first of all, I want to put a little bit of context in this. Okay. Because this came from you trying to sell a fucking car. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody trying to fucking kiss your ass and make you give them a good deal because they played the sympathy card. Yeah. Okay. I'm a single mom. I need need a deal. Right. Now, any time I've played that card... You know, we talked a few episodes back about being real and owning your shit and, and what gives you pleasure, right? Sure. The reality is, any time I've played this card in the past, it's been to just take advantage of my current situation. <laughs> so, look, well, I'm a single dad, and you know what? Like, I need a deal. So, hey, you know, listen, They'll just play man. on these fucking idiot sympathies. Absolutely. They'll, they'll probably fall for it. 90% of the people are gullible enough to fall for it. Gullible enough to fall for it. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's sort of what set me off. It's like, you're a single dad. My mm-hmm. my older sister, for a lot of years, she was a single mom. And it's not like I, I don't have any sympathy for the situation. Like, it fucking sucks. But at the same time, like, I'm not a single dad. Mm-hmm. And there have been a lot of times where my finances fucking suck. But what am I supposed to... Like, I, I, it would never have occurred to me to go to somebody and say, look, like, my life's really expensive right now. So can the price not apply to me? Can the rules not apply to me? Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sort of realistic in the sense that my fucking problems are not your fucking problems. Right. Like, you're not responsibility for my shitty decision making. I shouldn't expect you to subsidize me just because I decided to fucking, like, stick it in my my woman without a condom. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's very much like, you know... Hello, Mr. Bank. Hi. Please feel sorry for me. Wah, wah, wah. Here's my tears. I'm a little bit short this month. Can you give me a $500 interest-free loan? Because <laughs> that's how life works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. Golly gee, I'm back in those freaking old tiny things. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't happen. And realistically, the only time somebody plays that card is when they want to use it, not because it actually applies. If you want a car for $500 instead of $800, find a $500 car. They're out there. Or sharpen up your negotiating skills. Don't try to play the sympathy card. Just like, you know, look, this car's got a fucking funky smell. I mean, you've been driving it for a while. Maybe you don't notice anymore, but it smells like hog pen to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't in good conscience pay $800 for a car that smells like fucking farm animal. All right. I'll give you $10 off then because that's all it costs for a shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, I used to flip cars all the time, and Mm -hmm. like, I never once paid asking price. I also never once played the fucking sympathy card. There are ways to negotiate a price that don't involve, like, this fucking nonsense. And whether or not you're a single parent, I mean, at the end of the day, like, why anybody on either side of the conversation identifies this as a meaningful talking point is beyond me. Mm -hmm. I mean, like... You exploited it because you knew people were going to fall for it, but yep. I don't think that you had placed any like actual value in your role as a single dad because it's like, okay, well, you're a dad. I do what I got to do. Yep. You know, you being a dad, that's irrelevant. Times being tight, that's kind of irrelevant too. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I went into every time I had to use that excuse in, for, for myself. There was every time I actually had to use that excuse. Okay. Every time I've wanted to use that excuse, that's, that's a better way to phrase it, because I've never had to do it. Well, it depends what you mean by had to, because I mean, there's times like where, like, I do, like, I have to take a shit. I mean, that's a pressing need. And there's other times where, like, I have to fuck that chick. And that's, like, just a pressing want. Right. I'm talking a pressing need. Okay. Okay. You know, if, and I have tried to use it, and I used it successfully once buying a vehicle. As you know, I had a beautiful red E350 van. I know you had an E350 van. Okay. Well, yeah, because you don't like Fords, but that's just because you're a bitch. And I don't like vans because I'm um, a pedophile. Well, not in public anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't walk, you just don't drive around with a candy bike, that's all. Um, <laughs> so, went out looking for a van, love vans, 
My personal preference. Because he is a pedophile. Because I need people like my friend AC to feel comfortable in my vehicle. <laughs> anyway. I only get into a van when it says free Wi-Fi on the site. Right. <laughs> well, back then when I had the van, there was no Wi-Fi. Anyways. <laughs> it's a free flesh pump. Okay, shut the fuck up. <laughs> to, to put my point out there. When I was negotiating for the van. Putting your point the van, out there in the van? I... Used, you know, I'm a single dad and, and, you know, I need to move my kids around and their friends and I don't have a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. So instead of $1,200, I got the van for 500 bucks <laughs> because I willingly, knowingly played on somebody else's sympathies. As though in society, people think that's wrong. To me, that's just another avenue to get a good fucking deal. And the reality is we all do it. Absolutely. For, if not for that reason, there's something out there everybody uses it for. Oh, come on, honey. You know you want to take it up the bum. <laughs> like I said, don't talk about personal shit during the show, dude. <laughs> I, I think the best And part, calling me honey doesn't help. The, be the best part of you telling that van story was, like, I'm watching your face while you're, like, recapping the dialogue. It's like, oh, come on, I'm a single dad. The way your facial expression changed, your eyes softened right up. They almost started <laughs> glistening, like tears were about to fucking burst out. Mm -hmm. And... This is just you retelling the story. And that's I can, what I do when I'm telling the story, when, I, when I'm using the excuse. I can only imagine, though, when you're not, like, retelling it for the sake of a fucking podcast while you're in the moment. Like, Jesus huh? Christ, you must have been, like, choking back the tears. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, like I very openly admit, I know I'm a piece of shit. And I'm okay with that because my justifications are real and I'm not fooling anybody. I've been called on it. I was trying to buy a freaking station wagon. A station wagon I'll say now? 10 years ago. Yeah. And I tried to use it and they and the guy said to me, Don't pull that shit on me and I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went right from all sad like you just explained to All right. <laughs> I've only got this much cash, will you take it? <laughs> and the guy said, No, dude. He said, Had you not played that card, I would have taken the fucking money. <laughs> okay, so like sometimes so, it doesn't work. Right. But the reality is I don't have a problem being a piece of shit. I'm going to use everything in my advantage to save as much money as I can. Yeah, and, and, and I'm okay with that. Overall, for somebody to use that against you, I thought, okay, you happen not to fall for it, but not necessarily a bad tactic. <laughs> hey, well, I don't really know what else to add to that other than uh, single parents. Fuck you. You get no deals from me. <laughs> yeah, but if they claimed to have a woman with no legs and uh, offered to let you in, you'd give them a fucking deal. <laughs> if their name is Bob. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This is and always will be a politically incorrect version of the Missionary Position Podcast. Mission Studios, the Missionary Position Podcast, their employees, or its entertainers are in no way comparable for anyone being butthurt, slighted, or in any way offended. If you as a human being cannot accept that something may sound like a close resemblance to your situation and not be totally about you in your little remnants of an existence, that is your issue. Send your opinions, hate mail, poop pics, full nudes, ideas, or questions in the form of an email to missionarypod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at missionarypod and like us on Facebook at Missionary Position Podcast. If you are so inclined to help this broadcast get better or just wish to help out, our Patreon account is patreon.com slash missionarypod. 